there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TA-KO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Rodgers isn't the only one seeing the light today. Welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. match selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Out of his cave of morning radio in the great city of San Diego, Rich Ornberger and me will have you over the next not one, not two, not three, but Rich Four hours here on Fox Sports Radio. Incredible, incredible. I'm thrilled Sick. to be here. This is going to be a blast. And like you said, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was appropriate. We're seeing the light in San Diego. My goodness. Normally, the weather is a perfect 75 degrees. Not a cloud in the sky. But guys, hold on to your hats. It's been raining. Oh. <laughs> I I don't know what to do. I I saw the wind and the rain this morning, and I almost went straight back in my bed. I I, I don't know if uh, that does not sound like something I want anything uh, to do with. So um, I braved the weather, though, um, and I'm sure there's many people right now who are looking at the radio speakers or listening through their ear pods 
incomplete disgust because I am teasing. I grew up in the Northeast. I know that places are getting hammered with snowfall right now. Uh, so, yeah, we could we could withstand a little rain over here. You know, the fact of it, was, it was like, you know, 80 and 90s in like southeast part of the of, of the country. And then you have below zero temperatures and the snowfall that you're talking about, you know, in the northeast and also hit the Midwest. But, yeah, to your point, everybody in California is freaking out uh, just because of some raindrops and some possible snow flurries that could be falling in the uh, the mountains. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's backwards, but it's the weird weather world that we now live in. And we now live in a world, Rich Orberger, that is weird and wild when it comes to quarterbacking in the National Football League because I look back at what I just thought was the situation say I don't know five years ago in the NFL maybe even before that I remember do you remember when Joe Flacco bet on himself yep in Super Bowl 47 and then they end up winning the Super Bowl over the Niners and Flacco gets his new deal with the Ravens and all is good in Baltimore remember that 10 years ago not too long ago yeah listen we are we are in a world that sort of feels like every single day I I wake up and I'm like, wait, when did we hit the fast forward button and, and never hit play again? Because it just sort of feels like, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like this in their own personal lives at different times, but in the sports world, it, it sort of feels like we turned on hyperdrive. Like all of a sudden, the player empowerment movement has hopscotched from the NBA and has landed squarely in the arena arena of the NFL. Like all of a sudden we have quarterbacks switching teams like, you know, some of us switch, you know, underwear. It it's mm-hmm. wild. And and exerting their leverage and the idea of the quote unquote franchise quarterback is is really a mythology at this point. Or it's just or it's just something we say that used to mean something and no longer does. Because what quarterback plays for one franchise anymore? It's just, I mean, look around the league. (laughs) I mean, name the guy who either is, has always been, or will be loyal to one team for the rest of his career, and I'll call you either a liar or wildly misinformed. There is there is like the the Brady of I wonder what life is like outside of New England aspect and maybe Aaron Rodgers has that. But yeah, when you end up looking at at the true greats, at least in current times, it's very difficult to to find maybe maybe Ben Roethlisberger, you know, ends up being the guy. But heck, Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees all played for multiple teams and Aaron Rodgers may play for multiple teams. I'm not surprised that Dak Prescott maybe could play for multiple teams at some point in his career. And I'm really not surprised that Lamar Jackson could play for multiple teams in his career. But what is so surprising to me, Rich, is that now in the NFL, and I bring up Flacco from 10 years ago because the whole joke of is Joe Flacco elite? Joe Flacco is a pretty good quarterback. And I think that from Super Bowl, from that season when they won Super Bowl 47, up until I would say maybe a year ago, the thought process was let's just make sure that we keep our guy. He's a you know, he's a good quarterback. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Lamar Jackson's return to Baltimore is not guaranteed. And for whatever reason it is, it isn't done. Whether it be Lamar's, you know, not wanting to take the Ravens deal, whether it be the Ravens not wanting to give him the guaranteed money that he feels he deserves, the deal is not done. We now have a report from Sports Illustrated uh, recently saying that the Cowboys are intrigued by Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. This is just a couple of years after Dak got his big contract from the Cowboys 
after his leg was turned sideways on national television. Like that didn't that didn't prohibit the Cowboys one cent or or one inch from not giving Dak a long term deal because he was their guy. And now we are so ready to move off of quarterbacks. I I I, I think there's a couple of reasons, Rich. And, and and I'm not sure if, if you agree or disagree with them, but I, I, I think it's I think it's the Super Bowl success of quarterbacks getting to the Super Bowls on rookie deals. I think it's the absurd contract that Deshaun Watson got from the Browns and that the Cardinals kind of matched with Kyler Murray. And I also just think it's teams not wanting to be mediocre anymore. Or just we can get by with this. They they either want it all or or, or they're going to go in their new way. But this this middling quarterback that we have in the National Football League or the quarterback that you think is maybe around 10 in the NFL is maybe no longer wanted by his team. And I just find that crazy. Yeah, I look, we're, we're just there's no allegiances anymore, I think, is the point. We're, we're in a time where. You know, it used to be gauche. It used to be the pinnacle of success. Where I shouldn't say gauche, that's the opposite. But it used to be the pinnacle of success for these quarterbacks to play for one franchise, to get extended and valued, and so fan bases could wrap their arms around them like a Ben Roethlisberger, right? You know, he's as Pittsburgh as it gets for so many years. Um, Tom Brady would have been that if he didn't move on to Tampa Bay, but he was sort of a bellwether for the time. He kind of saw the change of guard happening in terms of, you know, the loyalty teams have toward players and in in turn and kind, the loyalty players have towards organizations. It has been forever in the NFL where where players can be thrown away with yesterday's trash and there was very little recourse, you know, because just NFL players just really never – uh, exerted their leverage, you know, in, in a way where, you know, if you don't treat these players with the sort of respect or surround them with the type of players they want to play, play, play with and, and, and be around, they'll walk, they'll, they'll find somewhere else, some, some other executive who will work with them to build a team in their, in their, in their fashion, you know, whether it be a Tom Brady, uh, wishing that he had more offensive weapons or an Aaron, Aaron Rodgers uh, with similar complaints in Green Bay or Russell Wilson who wants more of a say over the playbook in Seattle. You know, the, these quarterbacks have woken up to how much power they have within these organizations, and it's just a whole new world. So, yeah, you mentioned Flacco, but this is as recently as five years ago where it just sort of felt like players, well, they're just going to play where they play, and then eventually, either a team will allow them to retire, um, and and you know finish their career out, and maybe groom a young quarterback on their way out the door, or they'll give them that low ball offer, which basically means, hey, we're showing you the door. You could go try to win with someone else, like Philip Rivers got with the Chargers, or even really to a certain extent, Tom Brady got with the Patriots. Um, but but that world we live in now, I mean. It's just the gloves are off. It's it's uh it's it's fight for your next meal. Like if you're if you're the Dallas Cowboys, what bothers you more? Seeing the Eagles get to a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract or seeing Dak throw two interceptions in a playoff game against the 49ers in a game that you could have won? Like what, <sighs> do, such what do you a good think question. bothers because I think they're both factors and I mm-hmm. and I it's you know like you 
you know, if you answered a little bit of both, I wouldn't blame you because I think that's what ends up happening is like, why are we paying a guy $40 million when he's throwing interceptions in the most crucial game when Philadelphia just goes and rehauls their roster and has a a quarterback on a rookie deal and they have the best roster in the NFL? And that thinking two years ago, like the, the thinking of having a rookie quarterback or having a quarterback on a rookie deal is not new to the NFL because we've talked about it since Russell Wilson won his Super Bowl with the Seahawks a year after Joe Flacco won his. But what is new is us being like, you know what? I don't want average or good anymore. I want great or I want to start over because in 2017, Derek Carr got a deal from the Raiders. Kirk Cousins got his deal. Matthew Stafford got his deal from the Lions. And at no point were those three quarterbacks thought to be top three in the NFL. They were good enough quarterbacks for their situations. And teams were like, if you're the Raiders, you're like, I don't want to lose You know, our guy. He's, he's good, but we don't want to lose him. We're going to lock him up. And the same thing with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. If, you know, At that time, it's, we don't want to lose him, so we're going to lock him up. But they were never like a top three or top five guy. Now with Lamar, like Lamar's future in Baltimore is hanging in the balance. Like right now it is. Dak's future in the cup probably will be back next year. But to even have the conversation, Rich, two years after he signs this monster deal with Dallas, to me is just crazy. And it's just an enormous shift in how we view the quarterbacks. It's almost like, and I know I'm rambling here, but the point is, is remember in Madden, you would always go for it on fourth down. And 20 years ago, NFL teams were like, nah, you don't do that. It's not how you play real football. And now you're like, let's go for it on fourth down. Numbers say so. Like, I feel like sports fans that have been like, ah, get rid of Dak. Get rid of Lamar. Let's go just find somebody better. And that seemed like unreasonable five years ago. And now you're like, well, maybe it is a better option. That's that's where I think we are in the NFL today. Well, we're just a a less risk-averse society in general. You know, I mean, I still have no idea what cryptocurrency is. I have some. I, I like it's <laughs> that's the reality. We we just live in a time where people are willing to do more and and honestly do more risky things than their their uh, predecessors were. And we're not even talking about that long. We're not talking about generational predecessors. We're talking about you know people. Um, I mean, I made the mention of the stock market or or investing in general, but I mean. You know, look at every other facet of life. Like we're we're just uh, you know with data collection. You know, hey, click this box, accept these terms. Nobody reads contracts anymore. Everybody just moves on with their day. It's like we used to hire lawyers to review every single contract we signed. Now you're signing things online through docu signs and things like that. Yeah, nobody has time to care about ten years down the road anymore. Like it's the it's the reality sure. we live in now. People want everything right now. So I don't want to see what happens in two series from now by playing the long game and punting. I want to see if we can get this this uh, this this fourth and two right now. Okay, yeah, I understand it. We're on our own forty-eight, and if we give the ball up, we're probably giving them three points. But wouldn't it be cool to know if like if like we get this first down, we can get three points. Wouldn't you want to see what that's like? And then you find a bunch of analytics people who will crunch the numbers and and make it look like this is an automatic decision, like you're crazy if you don't go for it on fourth down. Because that's the reality of this also, Dan, is 
for every single analytics person you can find that will support going for it on fourth down in certain situations, you could also find somebody who can skew the numbers to make an argument against it. It's just that that feels like where the crowd is pushing toward, and that feels very hip, very modern, very now, and people mm-hmm. always want to be on the cutting edge. Nobody wants to be looked at like their grandpa, like, you know, stuck in the mud, you know, you know, stuck in third gear while everybody's flying on the highway in fifth gear. So you kind of have to bend to the will of the masses, and that's what the, that's what the people want to see, and that's the more exciting brand of football, and so that's what people do. But getting back to quarterbacks, ultimately what this comes down to is envy and impatience. The Dallas Cowboys probably it serves them better to stick with Dak. But the reality of the situation is Jerry Jones is in his 80s and he's looking over the fence at his neighbors, the Eagles, and he's saying, well, shoot, you know, they got a young quarterback and uh, and and it's working out for them. So maybe if we do the same, it'll work for us. You know, he might even be mm-hmm. looking over at the Bengals and being like, well, shoot, you know. Uh, that's a that's a former Ohio State quarterback. I, I realize he was better with LSU, but Joey Burrow, I mean, he's pretty good, and C.J. Stroud's looking pretty nice. So, you know, it's it's that that's the whole thing. Like everybody wants what everybody else has, and how can we fast track ourselves to get there? I think it was an absolute kick in the you know where for the Cowboys to see the Eagles bottom out after they win the Super Bowl in you know five years ago and then rebound the way that they have and make it back. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that was such a kick, you know, in the you-know-where for Jerry Jones to see that. And that's why I think you have these rumblings and you have these changes popping up. And it's it's not a, it's not only in Dallas because it's, as, as we said, Lamar's situation is still up in the air in Baltimore. But I also know this, the commitment that the Browns and Cardinals made to their quarterbacks, I think are absolutely going to handcuff those franchises I, I would not want to be a Browns or Cardinals fan over the next five years because I think you're, we're going to see more of what is happening now where good isn't good enough and teams are going to want to move off their guy that they have. I, I think it is a monumental turning point in the NFL this offseason to see if we all of a sudden really make this full tilt turn because it's Ben Hurts, it's Ben Burrow. Like Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl on his rookie deal and to be able to see how the Eagles just turn things around uh, so quickly, I think a lot of NFL teams wish they could do the same. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Boom. What up, America? It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Doug set in for Colin Cowherd on the herd today. So we are in for Doug teaming up. Get rich on Twitter at Rich Orn, at just Ornberger. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And we just had some fun in drafting our greatest uh, sporting events or sport trips we would like to take that maybe we haven't been on, a two-round draft. If you uh, missed it, you can always go to foxsportsradio.com, click on the podcast, and look for the Doug Gottlieb Show, and that's where you can find that segment. This is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from what we had to experience on Sunday, Rich, because Michael Malone, who is coaching in the NBA All-Star Game, called it the worst basketball game that he had ever seen. <laughs> and 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 when that is being said by a guy who is, you know, it's an honor to be a coach, loves being around the players, said all of that, but it's the worst event that he had seen, you know, it got me to thinking of what is the worst sporting event? Like there's you you never want to be greedy, you don't want to sound like you're um, you know, taking things for granted, but it's ridiculous to think that Every sporting event that you go to is just magnificent. And here Michael Malone is being honored because, you know, his team has the best record in the West. He's coaching these all-stars. And really, he doesn't even want to be there. So it begs the question, really, worst sporting event you've ever attended. Like when we say worst sporting event that you've ever attended, Rich Ornberger, does a certain event pop up into your mind on, man, I'm never doing that again? Yeah, and I feel guilty saying this, but um, one of the worst 
events I ever went to was one of the pinnacles of my playing career. And it was the Super Bowl berth when I was with the Patriots because we didn't win. You know, you realize very shortly after the confetti falls that you are a mere footnote in history as opposed to being the, uh, you know, the the, the prize getters and the Lombardi hoisters and all the things that the trappings and the parades and the, you know, the experience that extends beyond that day. You just pack up your shoulder pads, you get on the bus, you go back to the hotel, you get ready for the party, which, by the way, they throw regardless of whether you win or lose the fo- the Super Bowl because they got to book the musical acts. You know, they got to buy the booze. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's a party to go through, go to win or lose. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an oddly edifying experience because you're there and you're you've 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 lived your entire athletic life uh, hoping for a moment like that. And then when you lose that game, it all comes crashing down. So I think that might be, it was probably both. It probably, it probably was the best and the worst sporting event I've ever attended in my life. It's uh, this is, this is, and it's, it's very revealing because I have felt that the reason for Super Bowl hangovers for most teams when they lose a Super Bowl is realizing you have to do everything you just did and do it one game better. Right. Like like the grind of of what you just went through that entire season that's having the breaks that you had, maybe the lack of injuries, whatever may have fallen your way in addition to the hard work, in addition to the extra, you know, month and a half that you just put in from the regular season to realize that you have to do everything and start right back from go is very difficult to fathom. And that's why, like, what the Bengals did this year, I think, was was pretty amazing because they were close. They had the football at the 50-yard line against the Rams. And then the Rams' defense steps up big and wins Super Bowl 56. And to then think of your Cincinnati, we got to go through this whole thing again. And we may, you know, we may have to, you know, go to Cincinnati or go to Kansas City again, which they almost did and which they did and almost won. That's what I would always feel with the Super Bowl hangover is there's something to that of like almost all of the work that you put in as callous as this sounds went for naught. Does, is, is there any is there any fact to that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think the Super Bowl hangover is a result of uh, of a couple of things, even for winners, by the way, because I think that's a real thing, too. You realize when you get all the way to the final game of the season you have this this feeling in the pit of your stomach like oh my gosh that took so much <laughs> like sure. we like we really traveled very very far to get to where we were going and then ultimately it's rewarding if you win although i've never experienced it i've watched it so many times over and so have all of us you know the the pure elation of of winning a super bowl and the amount of attention you're given in a positive way for winning a super bowl but then immediately, like we're talking about within a week later, the questions start being answered, asked, you know, can they repeat that? You know, not even a week later. It's days later, a day later. People will start asking the question, you know, will the Chiefs be able to do this again? Yeah, it's just it's wild, man. And so yeah. thinking about that task, uh, win or lose of of having to go back into it and deleting all the success or all the failure, whatever it was from a year ago and just trying again. It's daunting. So, yeah, the Super Bowl hangover is is real for for many different reasons, but 
you know, you mentioned a couple of good ones there, and, and I do think that it's because the reality of the long haul that you went through just to get there is, is, pretty, is pretty intense. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the worst sporting event I've ever attended. Yeah, let me hear this. <laughs> okay. Um, a 19-inning baseball game. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, this is this is the, the, there are a lot of factors that go into this. Now, I know South Pass softball is what seven innings. John, you play seven innings. Is that what it is? Yeah, seven innings yeah, or two yeah. hours. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So what? So they start running the clock when you get to an hour fifty, and they. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I would want to sit through eight hundred South Pass JV softball games than to ah. deal with what I had to deal with. That that one. Here's the deal, and and. I, I dear friend of mine has bachelor party. Yeah. But it's one of those it's one of those parties, Rich, where you're really you're good friends with the guy, but you're not one of his friends group. So there isn't Oh, this, I get what you're saying. So I'm the odd man out. Like the only guy that I know is the guy that's getting married. And he goes, you know what, my team's in town. Let's we're, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to golf during the day. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to watch uh, the Red Sox take on the Angels at at night. And then, you know, who knows where the night may take us after the game, right? right. Who knows? Bachelor party. Use your imagination on where the night may go. Okay. This, by the way, all cleared in advance. Like, like hey, you know, telling my my now wife, but then girlfriend. Just a heads up. This is a bachelor party. You know who it's for, but this may, you know, this, we may end up somewhere. Yeah. Little yeah. did I realize that went somewhere, you know, at 1245 AM. Yeah. Did I think I was still going to be at the big A? Did um, you spend the $200 in singles at the ballpark? <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, oh my goodness. It was, here's, here's the dilemma again. So now the seating thing, like you don't know, and you're, you know, it's, you can only small talk for so, you know, so long um, because the guys you don't know, I was like, you know what? Fifth inning. I'm like, guys, I'm going to go to the team shop. Check some stuff out because that was my break because I thought, perfect, halfway through the game, you know, that'll be my break, you know, the fifth inning. And then they go to extras. And it's not it's not a 5-5 five, five ball game. Right, right, right. It's 1-1. One, one. Oh, good. So, yeah, yeah, so we're not, we're not even getting any offense. No one's hitting home runs. No one's doing anything. And then you start to be like, okay, when are we, you know, like, all right. Not that I needed to go to the nudie bar. It wasn't that, it wasn't the... But you're just now at a ballpark for four hours. Right. It's 11 o'clock at night, you know, and then you're at the ballpark at midnight. And now you've committed so much to the fact that you are at the game. You can't leave. Right. And it wasn't until <laughs> it was it was just think about like with people you don't know at a game where you don't care. It's, you know, it's in the middle of July or whatever. Pujols hit like a home run in like the bottom of the 18th or 19th. I, I think it was the 19th. And you're and staying in we, the hand of poker longer than you know you should just because, well, I've already put so much in the pot. Yeah, yes, so. yes. You can't, leave, you can't leave in the 14th. You've already been there for five of the extra innings. So it was, yes, that's, that's when it was. And, you know, God bless my friend, great guy. But, man, that was a long game. Like, it was... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it took absolutely forever. You know, what? I just looked it up. Uh, six hours and 31 minutes. So 
Fireworks what? show was actually canceled. That, that that's how bad it was. They didn't get city clearance because they couldn't set off explosives after <laughs> at that hour. I'm sure. <laughs> oh <clears throat> that oh you, man. I think I honestly think yours wins in some way because as bad as it feels to lose a Super Bowl, 19 innings is too many innings. That is way too many innings. I I'll tell you, baseball, and I think they're heading in the right direction. I think. Changing the rules to have the pitch clock, changing the rules to have mm-hmm. larger bases and less disengagements with the rubber for a pitcher. Like, you know, he's not going to be able to go to the pickoff play nine times to give himself a mental rest or whatever to collect himself. Um, the fact that the shift is going to only uh, allow two defenders to the right side and to the left side in the infield of second base. You know, things like that I think are really going to improve offensive performance in Major League Baseball, and hopefully the result is if you go to extras, you're going to see a better offensive output, and and then potentially with the, the ghost runner, we're going to see less of these 19-inning marathon games because nobody's interested in those, not even the players. Do you think there's a single player out there who's thinking, you know what's better than playing 162 games? <laughs> playing 163. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need we need 10 more innings one of these days just so we could secure that, that extra game. Like, nobody's thinking that way. So... Yeah, I I feel for you. That's a tough spot it, to be in. It was it was so bad, and I actually I brought up the box score. It wasn't two one. It was three three, but that that's it. So, but it, I just knew it wasn't like an eight you know five five sort of ball game. Yeah. And yeah. then I just remembered that the Red Sox scored in the fourteenth or fifteenth inning. I think it was, yeah, it's, and I fourteenth inning. And I'm going nuts, you know, like, yes, you know, and my buddy who's a Red Sox fan is going, cr- you know, crazy as well. But I'm like, we get to leave soon. And then, of course, the Angels went and tied it up. Uh, Ryan Bershinger is our executive producer. Uh, have you ever gone to any 19 inning uh, game, Bursch, that you had to sit through? And by the way, all the bars were closed by the time we actually left the stadium. Um, Bursch, yeah, uh, your, your worst sporting event? Luckily, no. I, I've not had to go a full 19 like that. My worst sporting event was a game four of the 2016 NLCS between the Cubs and Dodgers. Uh, this is a five o'clock on a Wednesday. Uh, I, I had worked a shift here uh, that morning, and so uh, my friends came and picked me up from here. We go to the stadium. Uh, traffic, of course, is awful. Um, we get into the parking lot, and guys, did you know... Of course, at Dodger Stadium, they have the the hillsides that surround the parking lot. There's that hillside they used to have the Think Blue sign on it. Um, did you know there's a parking lot on top of that hillside? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no idea. The, uh, the worst day as a Dodger fan is when uh, you have the revelation that there is a parking lot on the top <laughs> of that hillside. <laughs> so we get into the lot. It's full. They're directing us to uh, another county, it seems like, because they're putting us through this this one-lane road that's going up the hillside. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, we're going to end up in Glendale, and this will be fun. But uh, we get up to the top there. We park way up top. Um, the game has already started at this point, and now we have to literally hike 
from the top of this mountain to get into the stadium. Um, unfortunately, too, our, our friend's dad came, and uh, he, he, sadly, is not the most mobile guy, So, um, and, and we're trying to find a way where, like, I don't mean maybe, to laugh at his No, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's fine, because, like, we're trying to find a way where, like, if, if there's an employee, if there's a shuttle or something, we can take that. We can't find anybody, because, you know, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're in Costa Mesa at this point, so, like, we're not, we're not making it. And so we get into the stadium. It's like the second or third inning. Um, the game ended ten to two Cubs. The they which gave them a two two series tie. They go on to win the series, of course. Um, we have super high up seats. The game is just awful. Uh, it was just a blowout, and uh, you know it was four hours long. And I spent a couple hundred dollars to experience this. And yeah, yeah just who awful. wouldn't want to go? NLCS, your team, you know, and and against the Cubs. Like no no disrespect oh, to yeah. anybody else, but they were such a story. Oh. Yeah, you know, at that time. That you're like, I, I felt I, as a Seahawks fan, I felt bad for Broncos fans who bought tickets to Super Bowl 48 because the experience w- was a lot like yours, where it's an absolute blowout and you paid a lot of money and you, you know, you probably, you know, invested in your trip. And it, the good thing for you, even though you were parking in Kern County, was that at least you lived in L.A. <laughs> right. um, and didn't have the lodging. <laughs> but, but the fact is, is, yeah, that stinks. Like, that's awful. I, I, were they down like when you walked into the stadium? Like, were they? Not yet. It was okay. still scoreless at that point. And then the Cubs scored four runs, like yeah. in like the fourth inning. There was, <laughs> oh my God. There was a point. The, the Dodgers started to get something going, and then Adrian Gonzalez was thrown out at home on a play that was reviewed and they're showing the replay and it looks like he was probably safe but he was still called out and that just sucked any sort of momentum they had out and then it was just they scored five in the sixth and it was just miserable from that's no fun yeah, no fun that at all. Is, uh, that's a bad sports trip. I Ryan may I keep changing my mind. Ryan may have won this now. That sounds <laughs> like because also you threw in the factor of a tremendous amount of walking. And I mean, you just take a look at me like not much what, of a walker. What, you know? what about when I showed up to John Ramos's 50th birthday party and they closed the bowling alley six frames into my game? Is that the worst? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you, John. You, did you run late that day? Is that why? <laughs> Because I, I remember us being there for a good three to four hours. Oh, okay. All right. Get off my back. You know, we were carpooling with Rob Parker that day. So it's, uh, no, we actually did get a full game in. So that was, uh, no, these, I, I'll tell you what, we did, we, we did our list of sports trips, but on the heels of what Michael Malone said with that NBA game, I know there are some doo- doozies. Um, I almost froze my feet off. You know, in the game that the Lambo Leap uh, was born, Packers Raiders and uh you know Reggie White laterals it to Leroy Butler and, oh yeah you know and he jumps in I'm at that game and I was in high school at that time and I didn't I wanted to be cool and I didn't want to wear boots so I wore my Larry Johnson Converse oh, tennis boy. shoes yeah yeah you know I'm born and raised in in Wisconsin I should know you know what happens if your feet's on frozen concrete for three hours my feet were numb entering the second quarter like oh. I was trying to take those hot packs and you know pack them together, put them in you know put them in my boots and my shoes. Which by the way, don't move if your feet and toes aren't moving; they just sit there like rocks. But still, the 19 inning affair with then everything was closed at 1:30 is absolutely my worst. I honestly, none of it could be worse than losing a Super Bowl. But uh, we have a, all of our own uh, own problems to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Man. It was uh, it was less than a Super Bowl. It was a subpar bowl for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's Rich Ornberger. Get him on Twitter at Ornberger. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Our executive producer is Ryan Bershinger. Find him on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger. And, of course, John Ramos can always be found at JSRamos06. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course you know us as the host of the number one rated Paulie and Tony Fusco show. World renowned. We all know you're sick and tired of these stupid sports shows where the hosts say stupid things like Tom Brady's the GOAT. Or LeBron James is good at basketball, which he is clearly not. See, we give you smart takes. Yeah. And we also bring on so-called famous guests from across the sports world and show them why we know much more than they do. You're off the show! Are you serious? Listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Rich, right? Same thing, right? Yeah. Right? You good with that? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's Rich here filling in for Rich. <laughs> uh, my Brazilian soccer name is Bainho, so it's kind of like Covino. Uh, could work there as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Um, I'm, I'm seeing full gold when it comes to Brock Purdy. I'll get to that in a sec. But Rich, whenever we have laughing drops here at Fox Sports Radio and we have tons of them, that one tells me my joke wasn't that good. There are some (laughs) that tell you like, okay, the joke was good. And then there are others that just slap the reality right into your face. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like the rim shot, but it's the sarcastic rim shot. Like, (laughs) You just, you just know. You're just like, okay, all right. Dan, can I say something? I am just continuing the Cavino and Rich sound. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so don't worry. That's what I would normally do in the context of that show. So it's not not meant for you as a bad joke. It's just part of the sound that comes out of uh, the show at the beginning. That's, That's why all. you and Bershinger opened your mic and clapped for us when oh. we started the show. Right? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank right? you for doing you know, that, like there's a, you know, Very nice. Full audience. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, even though Kavino and Rich aren't here and we are, we are talking Rich's favorite team and not Ornberger. We're talking Davis. We're talking the San Francisco 49ers because it was, uh, it was late Tuesday that Tom Palacero of the NFL Network came out with the report that Brock Purdy uh, was not going to have elbow surgery yesterday. And the reason being, Rich, was because there was still swelling in that injured elbow. So now the procedure is set for early March. And right. I, to me, I, I just see red flags in, in this situation with, with the 49ers quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. I think that Brock Purdy is one of those guys who – Look, I, I, I mean, I know it's kind of been, we've been to this well before with the Lynn Sanity talk, but it's it's it is one of those situations where you could have the one hit wonder flash in the pan success. You could. Now, I'm not ruling out the possibility that Brock Purdy was maybe better than we some of us want to give him credit. Um, maybe he was not as good as as many people were giving him credit for. Um, and that's probably accurate. He probably settles somewhere in between the hyperbole on both sides. And he was just competent and he was capable and he was composed and he was able to lead a team that was off to a great head start uh, the rest of the way and and keep them on the path and even potentially get them to the Super Bowl. And, and outside of an elbow injury, he was pretty damn close to doing that. So credit to Brock Purdy for all that. But the unfortunate reality of this injury is it's to his throwing side. It's his elbow, which is an integral part of the mechanics of throwing the football. And if he can't say throw the football until training camp, or he's cleared to throw the football a month out from training camp, and he's still working through some of the kinks with his offensive players and even through some of the kinks of his rehabilitation process come the beginning of the regular season – it is, I mean, it is very perceivable to believe that 
whatever we saw in Brock Purdy uh, uh, this past season um, is is diminished in some ways early next. And, you know, the funny thing about this is I'm not a doctor. And, and to the timetable that you are laying out, I'm not going to pretend to, you know, say I know how long it's going to take him to get back. But if your estimations are correct or just the estimations that we have heard from this normal type of this type of surgery, we're still talking six months. Like right. that was when it was when it was the possibility of Tommy John in in having the full reconstruction. Nine months was put in, you know, maybe all of next season. But I remember multiple reports saying that the UCL repair, not the reconstruction, but the repair for what he's going to have still would be about a six month injury. And so this, you know, NFC championship game happens in late January and six months from that point of the injury is late July. So that already put him up to towards the training camp window. And now you push that back to early March. Six months out from that is week one of the NFL season. And that's what doesn't make sense to me is those are the red flags that I see. It's the Purdy should be ready and, you know, all points, uh, all points, you know, or all signs point to him being ready for training camp. That's what I'm trying to say. And Rich, to me, they don't. And, and in a weird, weird way, I actually think for the 49ers, it's probably the best case scenario for them. Not that you want one of your players hurt, but what ends up happening is you allow Trey Lance to reclaim his starting spot. By all accounts, Trey Lance should be available to the team for the offseason. You are going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, we believe. Kyle Shanahan said as much, but that didn't work out the first time. But So he moves on. Tom Brady's retired. He's not going to be in San Francisco. It's Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, and Purdy can't throw a football until summer. So now Lance has the opportunity to reclaim that spot. And if he does, and if he puts his foot into the ground and, and stakes claim to it and doesn't let it go, the 49ers have no reason to put Brock Purdy back into the lineup and they could let him wait and play out. If Lance stumbles with given the opportunity early in 2023, and then Purdy is ready, I don't know, October, maybe November, where he is fully healed from this, like in that weird way, I think it plays out great for the 49ers because I, I don't know what you would have with Trey Lance if you did have Brock Purdy as the starter. I don't know what value you would have. I don't know if you'd be able to trade him. But to be able to keep this pecking order of Lance being number one and Purdy then being the backup, I think gives the 49ers enormous flexibility. And if Lance doesn't work out, guess what? He's had his opportunities. There's no second guessing. Then you can move Purdy back in. So in a roundabout way, like I hate this timetable, but if you're a 49er fan, I think it works out best for them. Well, and check it, check out this. I mean, Tom Brady retired just an offseason ago and came back and played another season. Like, who's to say that he doesn't do it again and plays his final, final season with the San Francisco 49ers? Or who knows, maybe Aaron Rodgers emerges from the dark in the Pacific Northwest where he was held up for four days, and he says to himself, yeah, I mean, if the, the Packers are willing – to allow me to be traded to an NFC team, maybe the 49ers are the spot. Or, I, I mean, Derek Carr, you know, his brother David said that there's going to be a, uh, a, 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 long, uh, a long process before Derek makes his decision. 
So, I mean, outside of just the in-house circumstances that you're dealing with, because you are going to allow Jimmy Garoppolo to walk in free agency, you could also reach outside. You know, Trey Lance, his rookie deal obviously is aging well because rookies don't get paid a tremendous amount of money. Brock Purdy's on the books for relatively nothing in terms of salary. So if you onboard a quarterback, you could you could potentially you could potentially trade away Trey Lance if if that's a part of your long term scheme, or you know if it's like a Derek Carr type, or you could you could shelve him and and just have a veteran play in front of him. Do you think that there's any value in Trey Lance uh, f- being traded by now for the 49ers? Like let's just they and, can't and, do it. I, I don't – yeah, and I don't know what you would do if you were another team. You're right. Like, like if you were let's, – let's just say – I don't know. Let's take a team that, you know, needs a quarterback. Carolina. Let's just use Carolina. Yeah, sure. They're looking for a quarterback. Like, if, if the 49ers are saying, like, hey, Trey Lance uh, is going to be healthy in a month, is going to be able to throw, he's available for trade. If you're Carolina, like, what are you, what are you giving him? You know, like and, – and, you know, this, this from a team that gave up, you know, whatever for Sam Darnold, it's – like there's, there's no compensation that would suffice the 49ers and be sufficient for them, that would also be agreed upon by any other team bringing in Lance. No, you know, it's just one of those deals where the 49ers would want way more than what you would be willing to give up because of the risk that you would be taking. Yet the 49ers, because of their investment in the Lance, are going to want something more, you know, more to it. So, so I use that example, Rich, of saying of like right now their best case scenario is actually for Lance to try to show what he is worth. And then if that showcase is there or maybe it's not as there, the value of him is not going to change from another team. If he doesn't work out in in 49er land, there's going to be another team that says, you know what, we're going to take the chance on him, and then the 49ers' price tag will be lowered. You know, and, and so that's that's how like Trey Lance ends up being moved out of town, which by the way then also benefits the 49ers, whether he works out or he doesn't work out. But this I just don't think if he was the backup to to Brock Purdy, that you could even agree on any sort of compensation because it just what the 49ers would want, I don't think another team would they'd be like, He's your backup quarterback. Why are we giving you, you know, this high of a pick for that? I just don't think that they'd be able to come to terms on it. They cannot even, and I'm talking about uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they cannot even humor this. Because if you're Jed York, if you're the owner of the San Francisco 49ers, and you have a you have a understanding of what a first-rounder means to your franchise from a dollars and cents standpoint, because remember, Jed York is an owner of a football team. He's not a football guy. You know, he, he's not a football guy. He's an owner of a sports team. He writes the checks. So he is fiscally responsible for this team's future. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they're making football decisions. And don't get me wrong, as an executive, Lynch is involved in the cap and making sure their cap strategy is sound. But back in 2021, the San Francisco 49ers leveraged their short-term future in a big way. They traded away a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick along with a 2022 third-round selection for Trey Lance to trade up to get Trey Lance. They've invested so much in Trey Lance already, and that's that. That's even before we talk about whatever salary you've sunk into him, whatever signing bonus you've sunk into him. So imagine if you are talking to your financial advisor 
and you're entrusting your financial advisor with your financial future, and he makes a really risky bet on a stock trade, and you are now owning a stock that has diminished in value insanely, cryptocurrency, whatever, and all of a sudden, he says to you, and guess what? Now is the time to sell while this stock is at its basement. You would say you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. would say you're yeah, 100%. fired. You like that is a te- like what businessman would allow you to do that? He would think you've lost your mind. And so whether or not it was a good selection remains to be seen. It feels like it was a poor selection. It feels like they risked way too much to get Trey Lance. But one thing I know, if I'm John Lynch and I'm interested in keeping my job, if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I'm interested in keeping my job, I'm going to show them all of our successes, and I'm not going to focus on the failures, and I'm certainly not going to bring to the table the idea of trading away this this draft selection who we we gambled on. We bet on him being the future of the San Francisco 49ers, and at least to date have completely whiffed on. So there's no way I'm letting Trey Lance leave the team for say I don't know what would he be worth a fourth round pick yeah I don't think they could I don't think that they could match and also in the 49 like you wouldn't have another quarterback there you know like to do it but what this Purdy injury does is it opens up the potential and the opportunity for Trey Lance's last shot yeah you know like 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 truly for them because to your point you know, it would be career, not, not maybe not career suicide. It would just be an awful decision to try to trade him for the value of what another team would want to give him. There's no way that you could do it. In this scenario, as it plays out, with Purdy's injury and the surgery being delayed, and again, I do not believe any of the timetables that are being thrown out, there's no way he's going to be ready to go week one of the regular season. From everything that we heard prior to it, it just sounds, it sounds like very agent speak. You know, no, my guy's going to be ready to go. He's, you know, ready to go. There's no way it's going to happen. Even if he was, uh, Rich, able to make that sort of miraculous recovery, who's getting all of the snaps from yeah. March until June, you know, or July in those OTAs and those offseason workouts? It's Trey Lance. And so it, 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 all of those dominoes and how the market for Lance, the, the compensation they gave up, the Purdy injury, uh, just the dynamic of who is one and who is two. I don't think it works with Purdy as one and Trey Lance too. I really don't. I, I I think like you know for Trey Lance to be able to keep his job and to be able to have a, I'm going to prove it. And if not, we know what we have in Brock Purdy who is sitting here waiting in the wings. I just think it allows the 49ers with extreme great flexibility. And this bad news for Purdy may end up being the the good news that the Niners needed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good spin. I mean. I, I would say this, you, you always would prefer to have a, a quarterback or any player who was integral to your success during the course of a season, healthy to finish that season and on, on board for the next, but that's not the scenario here, and and you can sort of silver lining it the way you just did by saying, well, hey, now we get to find out what we have. Now it's kind of like we're going or we're getting off the pot here with Trey Lance, and so Ready or not, here comes your opportunity, kid. After a three-year wait, we hope you're ready. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Bayer. Cavino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio as we sit in for Steve and Rich. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Kavino and Rich, live on Fox Sports Radio, but you don't have Kavino, you don't have Rich Davis. You got Rich Ornberger, the NFL vet. Find him on Twitter at Ornberger, and you got me, Dan Beyer. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Here to talk a little college hoop, or you can find on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. He's our Fox Sports Radio betting analyst. Jared Smith joins the program Live for the TireRack.com studios. Jared, happy Thursday. How are you? Oh, I'm great. It's snowing here in Las Vegas. Been the last two days, really? basically. And I've heard, I've had friends, I'm from New York City originally. I've had friends in New York reach out to me and say it snowed in Vegas more in the last week than it snowed <laughs> on the East Coast almost all winter. So Rich, I don't know what I did to deserve this, guys. But hopefully, can we can we can we switch things around really quick here with the weather? We need we need to confirm with John Ramos. Have all JV softball games in Las Vegas been canceled for the next two weeks? <laughs> it's a it's a running joke here on uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Um, my, here's here's a betting question that actually turns into a much bigger college basketball question. Did any of this of this news involving Alabama and Brandon Miller? affect anything with Alabama um, line-wise going into last night's game against South Carolina overall? Did any of that have any effect in, in Vegas on on this uh, situation, I'll just call it, involving Brandon Miller and then the, the death of the woman last month? Nothing glaring to the point where I started to take notice. In fact, it looked like it kind of provided a little motivation for himself and the team last night. He was fantastic. I think as long as he plays, they will treat Alabama personnel-wise the same as they have before. And this is a, a very familiar theme when it comes to off-court, off-field issues kind of seeping into the gambling markets. It's hard to quantify motivation and, and, and you know your backs against the wall mentality, especially when you're dealing with someone who's 18 years old. So I, I think right now, as long as he plays – Alabama will be treated the same way uh, in in the eyes of the odds makers. But obviously, if there's a personnel switch, that's when the adjustments will happen. Yeah, you know, moving on from that story, because it is uh, a sad one, no question about it, and on to maybe something a little bit lighter. We also have been joking around today about our worst sporting event experience. And uh, I mentioned mine was a Super Bowl I lost when I was with the Patriots. Uh, Byers was going to a 19-inning baseball <laughs> game between the Boston Red Sox and the Angels, and he wasn't even, like, with a comfortable group of friends where Ugh. he could bail on the game. It was a bachelor a party. Time. Yeah, what was what was yours? What was your the worst sporting event you've ever attended in your life? Yeah, this is a good story. I tell this story all the time because it's, you know, everyone loves misery, loves company. Um, 2004 ALCS, so I was a freshman at Penn State at the time. If you're familiar with geography, State College to the Bronx is about a four, four and a half hour drive. I got a call from my cousin the morning of game seven. So you know the story. The Yankees were up 3-0 in the ALCS. All of a sudden, things got tight. They lose game five. They lose six. It goes to seven. And then we get the, I get the call. Hey, Jared, I got a ticket. Can, can, can you make it to New York tonight? Oh, it's game seven of the ALCS. Absolutely. So I get in my car. I, I drive to the Bronx. I go to the game. We all know what happens. Johnny Damon hits a grand – I forget who hit a grand – someone hit a grand slam in the first inning. It, it was a, Kevin Brown started for the Yankees. The game was just a complete blowout from start to finish. I was miserable the entire time. But it's game seven of the ALCS, and I drove all the way from State College. I'm, I'm going to watch the game. We sit through it. 
we make it through, they get their butts kicked. And then on the way home, not only did I have a Spanish midterm the next day that I was <laughs> dreading, this is the middle of October, uh, I'm, I'm also, I believe I got a speeding ticket, or no, I got a ticket because I was talking on my phone. I called my mom on the way home, and I was like, Mom, I hate my life, this is terrible. And, and I got a ticket for talking on the phone on the ride home. And in addition to having the midterm final the next day, in addition to the Yankees losing context, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, so I would say that that's probably at the top of the list. You honestly signed up to attend a wake. Because that was like, <laughs> like, even if you win that game, like the feeling of like how close, like it's, it's not a sense of exuberation. It's, it would be a sense of relief, right? Yeah. Like, thank goodness that didn't happen to us. But then yeah. the other side of the coin came and it's like, oh my God, it did happen to us. Yeah. And then the shilling, I missed the shilling game, which was the night before uh, the bloody sock game. You know, oh, that yeah. was, that was game six. Um, it, it was not, there, there was nothing about that, about that week. That was pleasant as a Yankees fan. Um, no, <laughs> well, I know a lot of baseball fans feel bad for Yankees fans yeah. because of that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of yeah, sure. lot of sympathy going around. Uh, Twenty-seven. Uh, the tides World have kind of turned since then. Though. They just I mean, the Red they Sox have won a bunch the... of World Series, and the Yankees have not <laughs> since then. Hey, it's you know it, that you know it's very true. Not to make this a baseball thing, I made a joke. Uh, it's not a joke. I made a point about. Um, you know, comparing a team to the Boston Red Sox of, you know, you're just waiting for them to ending up uh, being being a Super Bowl contender and each year something happens. And I was comparing the Buffalo Bills to them. You know, and someone said, yeah, three titles in the last, you know, or whatever it was. And I'm like, man, like people just forget on what it was like pre-2004 with the Red Sox. Like it oh, was, yeah. you know, and just on how dire it is. And now like they're – and to think about it, heck, you know, we're – going on 19 years removed from it so maybe there's reason to be but like that was my entire storyline growing up as a kid and I'm not a Red Sox fan I grew up in Wisconsin so there wasn't any tie to it but you just you waited for something to go wrong for the Red Sox because it was going to and now like there's generations right now that have no idea that that sort of world exists so you're exactly right Jared yeah, crazy. tough times right. for the Yankees fans right but I grew up in a generation where it was World Series or bust every year so, um, you know, in 96, when they won their first one in this new generation, I was 10. And it was really when I was really getting into sports. And <laughs> then they won it again in 98 and 99 and 2000. So I, I was very fortunate. I'm not going to, you know, don't, don't, don't cry for me, Argentina, right? This, I still had a very good childhood with the Yankees. But that particular game, that particular experience, the context of having to drive eight, eight and a half, nine hours round trip. And I actually got a B minus on the midterm the next day. So I guess that's positive, but, yeah. but it, it was not a fun day. <laughs> hey, Jared, you know, since we're on the topic of baseball and we're joined by Jared Smith, lead betting analyst, Fox Sports Radio, and you can hear him on the weekend. Actually, we're going to be paired together this Saturday, kind of the hangover from our countdown to kickoff Saturday <laughs> appointment, 6 to 9 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 to noon on the East Coast. But, um, on the topic of baseball, before we get to a lot of little uh, college basketball and some even early NFL draft stuff, do you bet baseball? Because if or when I place my first baseball bet, it'll be my first. Wow! <laughs> you know what I mean, you will I, be placing a baseball bet this year. I promise you. Okay. This yeah. Year. Yeah. You'll 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 guide me like a mountain Absolutely. sherpa. I, I so <laughs> is there money to be made? Because I hear from everybody, it's one of the more difficult sports to handicap. So the thing that I like about baseball is. There's a because of the volume of the sport, there's a numbers element to it that makes it very quantifiable. Whereas in football, it's once a week, there's so much volatility, fewer games, more 
you know, outlier results because when you're only dealing with, let's say, in an NFL season, 17 games, in a college football season, 12 games, and in a baseball season, 162, it, I, the, the, the numbers over time kind of play more true to form. So if you are a numbers nerd, and Rich has been doing the show for me now <laughs> with Sifters about six months, you know that I am. Yeah. There is a quantifiable way to bet on it that I do find very appetizing. And I think starting pitchers is kind of where I gravitate. And also I try to hone in on certain elements of the game. I don't like betting on full games because I think once we get past the third, fourth, fifth inning, the the, the usage rates of certain bullpens and, and how the lineup kind of gets tweaked, it's hard to quantify. But the first inning, actually, and this has become a very popular bet, the nerfy, the no-run first inning, that's a bet I know exactly who's starting. I know exactly what the lineup is going to be, who's, who's hitting first, second, and third. I can punch all those numbers into a spreadsheet, into a database, and I can kind of spit out a, a, a rating, and then I can compare that rating to what the odds are of a run being scored in the first inning or not. And it allows me to, I think, bet smartly uh, in a sport that's very difficult. You're right, day-to-day, because it's a grind. So I do enjoy betting uh, baseball day-to-day. It, it is kind of uh, oddly comforting, you know, updating the numbers every night and refreshing and turning the page and having a brand-new start the next day. Um, but you have to be a glutton for punishment because, just like anything in gambling, there, there's ways that you lose and you're just like, wait, what am I doing? Am I really risking real money on this? Um, but at the end of the day, I do think it is a little more quantifiable than football. Uh, Jared Smith joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Rich's tag team partner Saturday mornings on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Bayer. In for Camino and Rich. I, I, will say, I got into a baseball survivor pool last year. Oh, and I know it's wow. not exactly, but it was awesome. It was magnificent. It was – you pick a, pick a team each week. They win 50% of their games or more. Oh. And, and you're safe. And you get three strikes. I like so, that. So, like, you know, it, it, was, it was so much fun. And so, I, any, anyway, Rich, if you want to go and place a bet to get you locked in, and I'm sure you'll be locked in with the Padres anyway, but it's tough to lock into a baseball season. Um, you know, if your team isn't maybe in it. So if you're right. in a market where it's already over with by, you know, by March 31st. Yeah, those are fun ways to go. Anyway, yeah, I just my survivor pool was it, John Ramos got probably so sick of me talking about it every Monday when I recapped on what team <laughs> I was picking. Um, but uh, anyway, I digress. Jumping back to just a, a little college hoops because I want to get some thoughts on tonight's slate. I uh, got a little Big Ten action, of course, Pac-12. What do you see on the board, Jared, where uh, where we could get a, a little love uh, in college hoops tonight? Well, I'll give you a trend. It's been a very popular trend this year. And it's a trend that I think it's hard to actually say how much value it has based off of just the game itself. But I think public perception makes this trend very interesting. So teams that are unranked at home that are favored against ranked teams are 30 and 14 this season. That's 68 percent. And if you put yourself in the mind of, you know, handicapping that game, you're 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 looking at a game and tonight it's Northwestern at Illinois. And you see the number next to Illinois' name, and you say, oh, I mean, next to Northwestern's name, and you say, oh, they're the ranked team. They should be favored in the game. But it's really the home team, the unranked team in this particular case, Illinois, that is the favorite. And it kind of creates this bubble of value, I would say, on the home favorite because you would imagine when the average better looks at that game and they see a ranked team as an underdog. Well, they're going to gravitate towards the ranked team. In this particular case, Northwestern, I I don't know if they deserve to be ranked or not. They're outside of the top 40 in Ken Palm's rankings. And when you look at 
what they did against Illinois earlier this season. They had a nice win at home. Now they have to go on the road to Champaign, and I think the tables are going to turn tonight. So I did bet Illinois minus five and a half, and I would say they're a good piece to put in a money line parlay if, if, if that's your fancy as well. Um, and also home teams in the Big Ten have been very profitable this season, 70 and 41 against the spread in conference games. So Rutgers Whoa. also at home tonight um, against Michigan. That's another interesting spot in Ohio State, also at home against Penn State. But the Buckeyes have been really struggling. So I would say Rutgers and Illinois would be two teams I would gravitate towards tonight in the Big Ten. And also just steering ourselves towards some futures, the NFL draft coming up in April, there's some line movement regarding Anthony Richardson going first overall. This seems odd. What's your take on it? This is this is insane, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I mean and and actually no, I take it back. I, I understand why it's happening, but I caution people out there that are reading the articles today and that are seeing the tweets and they feel like they're having FOMO and they go and bet this now at seven to one. At a hundred to one, I understand it's a hundred to one. You're not going to win a hundred to one bets very often, if ever, in your entire life. I understand why there's some professional gamblers out there that are doing some number grabbing, but everyone I talk to here in town basically says the only reason he would go number one, the only logical reason, is hubris and pride and, and ego with these NFL executives that feel that they can be the team that if they get this absolute specimen into their locker room and into their building, they can transform him into Josh Allen or into Patrick Mahomes. But when you watch the tape and you see the numbers that I look at, I mean, he he finished 81st in qualifying quarterbacks in completion percentage this year. He was outside the top 25 in in almost every major analytical category we use to grade quarterbacks. His best games of the season, according to Pro Football Focus, were against Eastern Washington, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M. I I just, I don't understand how anyone can look at him and watch the tape and say, that's the first quarterback that I'm going to take this year, especially when you've got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in this market as well. So I I understand why there's some professionals that took the 100 to 1, even the 50 to 1. But now that it's 7 to 1, this, this, this madness needs to stop, guys. He's Jared Smith, Fox Sports Radio betting analyst. You guys teaming up again. You said this Saturday, yep. nine, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. You Is that got this? It. All right, perfect. Get him on Twitter, at Jared Lee Smith. Jared, appreciate the time. Can't wait to listen to you guys Saturday morning. Thanks, man. Yeah, have a good one, gents. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.